Let's Talk HR is a place for HR professionals, business owners, and employees to come together and share experiences, talk about what's working and what's not, how we can improve best practices so that companies can better attract, train, and retain all generations of workers. We all know that there has been a huge shift in what people want. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about how the economy has been impacted and what needs to happen to find a balance. I'm your host, Leon Lovely. So let's get this conversation started. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, follow us, like us, and share us. I am so excited to have you here with me today, AJ. Um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about your background, um, you know, personally and with uh, Human Works? Sure. Well, I'm really excited and grateful to be here talking with you, Leanne. I've really appreciated getting to know you just a little bit um, since we've met. But um, my background, I always tell people um, when it comes right down to it, I'm just, I'm a teacher, I'm an educator. That's really kind of where I come from in a way. It's where I've been sort of professionally since I got started. So my career started in the classroom with kids. So that's proof of being an educator right there a little bit. Um, and I grew up around it. My mom was a teacher. My dad, my dad is a teacher now. He's sort of teaching, um, you know, what he did for his life. Um, so I grew up and I've continued to sort of grow up around education. And that's what I've gotten to do. Started in the classroom with kids. But then I sort of made this jump or transition. I got involved with some teacher training, helping some other teachers be better teachers. And I got really excited and interested in working with, with grownups, I guess. So I made that jump over into the corporate world and corporate training. That was the path that I took into being a teacher, not just for um, students in a classroom, but for grownups at work. Um, and then human works happened. So that was a really exciting evolution in my career too. It- AJ Cruzy is the concept illustrator at Human Works. AJ needs to make things make sense, not only for himself, but for you as well. This quality, along with his knack for joining backstage design and front stage presentation, has guided him through a dynamic professional career that began in elementary education and has continued in organizational development. After making the leap to corporate education, AJ led learning and development at two Milwaukee area businesses before embarking with three remarkable colleagues to launch Human Works. What else makes AJ tick? Faith, family, and Friday night pizzas. Human Works is, Milwaukee, is a Milwaukee-based consultancy that elevates organizations through a people-focused lens, crafting custom talent solutions around core values and people touch points, strategic planning, and leadership development. I think Human Works really started with a lot of success that happened at a company that I was working with. So 25 years of success working with people at the company that I was working for in Milwaukee really all began with the founder of Human Work, who led human resources there for about 25 years. Slowly but surely, he built a team and built in people practices into that business with that team that helped that company be really, really successful. So when I tell people Human Works really came from success, it, it you know, I don't know if every company starts that way. Sometimes I think companies might start because something isn't working or something's broken and they want to make it better. 
Well, HumanWorks really came from a collection of learning a lot of really excellent approaches to what, you know, to what people need at work. And those approaches were so helpful or so successful that company positioned really well and was, was merged and purchased. And after that, the question became sort of a now what for um, Sean, who leads our team, and, and then for a handful of us who, um, who are looking in the future, sort of going, I'm not sure now what. Sean sort of said, I want to go over here and keep doing what we've been doing with people um, and invited a handful of us to go with them. So that's sort of where human works came from in a nutshell. Wow. And in human works started right before the pandemic, correct? <laughs> we did. Yes. In October, officially October of 2019. So that's where human works began. And um, let me tell you, a lot's changed since October of 2019. Right. As, as, as we all know, right? So um, it's kind of a it's kind of an incredible timing if you really think about it. At least to me, the timing is kind of incredible because I feel like everything that happened since October of 2019 in the last two years, for me personally, it it feels like everything that's taken place has accelerated or sped up some things. So I, I don't care what it could be work, you know, the working from home and working remotely and you know, flexibility that sped up pretty dramatically. So mm -hmm. I don't know if two years ago I could have pictured you know, working and doing almost everything I'm doing from home, but I, I can now, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing that got sped up so quickly to me was this kind of focus um, that I'm seeing from business leaders and, and, and companies that we work with, this focus on people and their relationship to work. To me, mm -hmm. the thinking around that, the attention on it, that all got accelerated and sped up, you know, tenfold. I think we were started, we were sort of starting down that path. There was a conversation going, but it really, it really, I mean, it accelerated so quickly over the last two years to everybody reevaluating so much about that relationship that they have with work. Right. Um, and put employers in that spot to go, oh my gosh, we have to be part of that conversation too. We have, we have to really look at our relationship with the people that we employ and their relationship with work. So that's, I guess, why I would say timing's kind of been incredible in a way, because that's what HumanWorks is so focused on, is the relationship that people have to work. Wow. Right before the pandemic, you come out with a business who is that is focused on, on the people. And all of a the sudden, there is a massive shift in the world of people focusing on what do I want to do? How do I want to? How do I want to work? How do I? What is my relationship with my employer, my job, really my my life? So you, you talked a little bit about the concept of this coming from success of doing this with businesses already. So the the founder invited your your team in and and explain to me how each one of you kind of fit into the different roles at your at your company. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what like I said, we were all part of the same team once internally, mm -hmm. you know, at a business in, in the Milwaukee area that was enjoying when I say enjoying a lot of success, how do you quantify that? Uh, the business was doing really, really well, Leanne, um, and and you know that's what positioned it so well for its its merger and acquisition. The the people at the business were doing well, and the culture was really doing well. There were workplace awards, you know, top workplace, et cetera. So there there were some good and quantifiable things that I feel like can say, yeah, we were in a really good position and spot there. I don't think those things would have come together the way they did if the team that I'm still working with now hadn't have wouldn't have come together the way that we did. So the way that, you know, the way that we all came together, I sort of think of it as putting together a, a team of the right abilities, the right strengths, the right needs that way. So there are four of us who make up human works. Founder Sean, his role is 
he's the, the thought catalyst for human works. But mm -hmm. what Sean really does so, so well is, is really challenges the, you know, the thinking and the actions of people around him, gets people thinking differently that among all of his other many strengths. That's really what Sean did so well for the company. And he really did a fantastic job of bringing in the right people. So the other people on my team, Rebecca and Sarah, each bring their own sort of unique strength to their, their own set of skills to, to what we do. Rebecca really really is fantastic at finding the right people and putting those right people together. Her, her sort of groundwork strength is that subject matter expertise, if you will, is around talent acquisition. Sarah's background um, is really more in sort of that marketing communication sort of realm. So that's what Sarah did for the team there. And that's what Sarah does now for human works. It's kind of funny, all four of us, um, we really, we're really quite different. None of us has a traditional human resources background, mm -hmm. yet we all came together and sort of had the same beliefs and focus around people. And that's what really helped sort of those strengths come together to build the team that we have. Right. You all complement each other and maybe build each other up in your own strengths. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's sort of the, I mean, that sort of goes to one of the beliefs we have just around teams in general is that. You don't want carbon copies of it. You need those different strengths, different mm -hmm. perspectives, different abilities sort of coming together. And that's definitely what we have with Human Works big time. Well, that's excellent. So tell me a little bit about some of the the challenges or the things that you work with when it comes to the clients and the companies that you that call you for assistance. For sure. So um I think when people when people connect with human works or when people are reaching out for support, there, there's, a, there's a handful of things that they're really looking for. Some of the people who reach out, um, they're really motivated to breathe life into their culture. That's what they're looking to do. So they're looking at the culture and they're saying, it feel, there, there's a feel here that we're missing something. That's one thing that sometimes people reach out looking to human works for support with. How do we do that well? Something else that I think leaders reach out to human works for is, I think sometimes they're, they're saying, you know, I know that we need to get everyone in this business rowing in the same direction. We really need to get some alignment and some clarity around, you know, not just our purpose, not just why we're here, but what we're here to do and, and how we're going to do that. What's the plan? What are the, you know, not just what the goal is, but how are we going to execute that goal? So they're, they're trying to get their arms around everything. They know that that's not happening as well as maybe it should be more visibility just across all the teams departments here in the company, sort of like a, a strategic planning and finding our way kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I also think people reach out to human work sometimes when they've pinpointed something or they've identified something that it connects directly to their people, directly to their workforce somehow or their employees. And they're saying, this piece just needs to be better. So to us, we call those human touch points. A human touch point could be a good example of that might be performance management. A new engagement gets started that, uh, a couple of weeks ago around performance management, sort of tis the season. So it's sort of an end of the year um, burst of energy for that company, but they were looking at how they did that human touch point, how they did performance management. And they said, this just needs to be better. The last thing I think people really, people being companies, the last thing I think companies really think about or reach out to human works for is they're looking to elevate or strengthen um, their leaders. So they, they sort of have this understanding that, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. It's the people leaders in this business that make make all these things possible as far as what we have to accomplish, hitting our goals, reaching our customers. So they're looking to strengthen or provide something to those people leaders or the leaders within their organization. They're looking to strengthen, build them up, give them confidence somehow. So they're looking for some leadership development or help creating a leadership model 
for their business. Those are the sort of things that we get connected with business leaders about. Leaders are typically company when when they're looking to strengthen or they're looking to up their game. They're going to look at the leaders ultimately because poor or lack of leadership Ultimately, you can usually pinpoint that if they're lacking in something. Yeah, it's sometimes I think of it sort of like an hourglass. I just feel like people leaders are sort of at that bottleneck or that middle point of the hourglass where they have the the pressure and expectations of a you know a senior leadership team who you know they've set a vision, they've set a goal, they've set a path, and they said this is what we have to accomplish. We're counting on you to do it. And then on the other end of that hourglass, or the other side of that, there's their team, their team who has all kinds of unique individual needs, strengths, goals, aspirations, who are showing up to work every day saying, you know, hey, I'm giving giving my time, my energy to what you're trying to accomplish here. I'm trying to get it done for you, but you know, I need something back from you. I need some direction leader. Mm-hmm. I need some clarity leader. So I feel like the people leaders, sometimes people even call that middle management, but I feel like those people are sort of at that center point of the hourglass. They get a lot of attention and for, for good reason, because they really are sort of to me where the rubber hits the road for so much of what happens in a business. That's where it's at. So right. um, HumanWorks definitely, I definitely has a focus there around you know, what is the model of leaders for leadership, you know, mm-hmm. at a given business? How, how does that play out? And, and how do you teach it and reinforce it with your leadership team? Right. And, and, and has there been bigger challenges or different challenges because of what has transpired with the pandemic and, you know, over the last 20 months? And God, I feel like it should be like 22 months now. <laughs> it, you know, the number just keeps increasing, you know, obviously as we're, we're moving forward. And, and I, you know, I wish there was an end in sight, but we continue to see different challenges, you know, as months go by. Fortunately, we are starting to finally catch on to new ways of communication. We're getting better at it. But what have been some of those you know, shifts and challenges? What have been some of the positives that have come out of, I don't know, Zoom calls or the different ways that we have kind of pivoted in order to continue to be productive and do business? Yeah, I think the quick, I I mean, the two quick things that come to my mind as far as, you know, challenges and positives, certainly challenges right now, there's a lot of conversation going on around keeping people. (laughs) The great Mm -hmm. resignation is maybe a term we're all tired of hearing about and maybe it'll phase out, but it's keeping people. And to me, a couple, couple of things come in with that. I, for sure, keeping people kind of boils down to, well, are we doing the right thing for people? Are we doing the right things for our employees? Are we making this a place they want to be? Because when I, when I look at the whole great resignation, when I think about that big picture of that, to me, it sort of boils down to this crisis of values, sort of, but at least the way I look at it comes down to a crisis of values. So from a, from a human perspective, from an individual perspective, I think the last 20, 20 months, whatever, 20 months, 24 months, whatever it's been, um, that's sort of shaken people down to their core. Um, and I focus on that word core a little bit on purpose, because when you get shaken down to your core, you sort of go back to your core and that's where your core values are. It's what's most important to me. And as people have gotten shaken, they've looked around, they've said, okay, what is it that I really value? What are my core values? And do they line up with the actions that I'm taking, with the routines that I'm committed to, with the sort of with, with this path that I'm on? 
Um, and if they if they found a no there when they asked that question, mm -hmm. um, they started looking at it a lot more carefully and saying, well, what am I going to change? What has to change about this routine, this path, this, these actions that I've committed to? So they're looking around and they're saying, if my employer really doesn't carry or live or hold the values that I hold dear, why would I keep doing that? So that's sort of the way that I look at the great resignation. I heard an interesting perspective yesterday, listening to someone speak, and they were sort of saying, maybe this great resignation is a good thing. Maybe the shakeup's a good thing mm -hmm. because it's going gonna, it's gonna to force some hands. So that they're back to that idea of accelerating things. It's going to force employers to care a little bit more about asking that question, what do we need to be doing for our people? And when, when I think about that question, the answers to me, they're kind of clear. You know, there, there are probably a lot of ways to answer that question, but the kinds of things that I focus on would be, what do people need? Well, you need to give employers, that is. You need to give people consistency. You need to be who your values say you are. That word consistency goes a long way for me. So it's, you know, it's not just about being who your values say you are as a company. That has to be evident, lived, and experienced in the employee experience for sure. But, you know, there's more to that consistency word. It, that means giving people a way of working that works, you know, being clear about this is how things are done here at our business. This is how we set goals. This is how your daily work attaches to those goals. It connects and fulfills those goals. You know, so there's a lot behind that consistency work, but I think people need that. I also think people need challenge and opportunity. So they're, to go back to those goals, they need to be challenged. They need to have opportunity to take on something that's a little bit bigger than what they've taken on before. They need leaders who care about them and they need to free, the freedom to use their strengths, their, their strengths and their abilities. Those are the kind of things that people need. And if, if employers are asking that question and sort of saying, what do we need to be doing for our people? That's a challenge that they're faced with right now. I hope they are looking at that question more deeply. I hope they are sort of challenging themselves to look at the way they've answered that question in the past and maybe find a better way to answer it in the future if they don't feel confident that they're doing that well for their people or if they're struggling with keeping you know, the people that they want to keep at their business that they need to fulfill what their business is there to do. You also asked about positives. I think, but you hold on before you get into positive. This is how much of a geek I am. You, you, you just. I get goosebumps because I am a hundred percent everything that you just said. Hundred percent on board. I, I, you know, you said somebody had mentioned that maybe this was a good thing. I, I don't necessarily think you know. Oh, going through a pandemic and everything is a, is a good thing, but. Maybe it is a good thing for employers to finally have to look and see, you know, and, and realize like we need to treat people like people. Reevaluate what you're doing and how you're treating these people. I, you know, this is everything that I've been, you know, saying and everything that I've been, the people that I talk to, again, you know, this is going back to the, you know, my core values, the things that I truly believe. And, and, and you know, I could talk about this for the next three hours and you'd probably be like, okay, Leon, let me, can I get back to my life? I would go with but, you on that journey. Right. <laughs> there for it. But, you know, so I, I just, I wanted to intervene and just say like, I mean, that is, that is a hundred percent awesome. I, I, and this really comes down to, you know, the whole health and wellness piece of, you know, what I am all about of, you know, you can't, and I'm going to, everybody who's going to be listening to me, they're going to hear this a million times. You can't leave your emotional baggage at the door when you walk into work. If you're truly, you know, you're a human person, 
you walk into work, you're human and you're going to bring your real self there and employers have to accept it. We, this is no longer in the, you know, the, the 60s, the 70s, when you drop your bag at the door, come in and you become a, a worker bee and it's all 100% business. No, I'm sorry. Life happens and it's messy. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm going to stay on that with you, though, because, you know, I talked a little bit about human works being, you know, being the result of 25 years of successful sort of ideas being put together with how to, you know, how to create an environment for people at work. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if I did, I don't know if I did true justice to really all the, um, you know, all the thinking that was behind sort of the start of what we did or what we're doing with human works and what we're, what we're working to build. Um, it, you reminded me of a tagline, something that we were saying to each other when we were, when we were drawing up the foundational beliefs of human works. And the, you know, the thing we said back and forth to each other a lot is work and life aren't mutually exclusive. So everything you just said there, that's something that we were saying to each other. It turned into a tagline for us, Leanne. Mm -hmm. It turned into work brought to life, life brought to work. That's sort of that's sort of the tagline that that got attached to human works. But the thinking that came behind that, it really went back to there are 7.7, give or take, billion people in the world. That's a lot of people. And here's sort of the amazing thing. All 7.7 billion people share eight things. At least that's what we believe. We're all, we're all completely different. We're all completely mm -hmm. unique. We all have different needs. The list goes on and on and on. But at the same time, when we're talking about what people need at work and in life, it's, it's not different between in work and in life. But mm -hmm. what people need, we, we found these eight things that, that sort of unite all people. So eight things can sort of bring everybody together, these eight things that we all share. Um, and those are really where we where we start with everything that we do with a business or everything that we do with a leader or with a team within a business um, from a services and from a work perspective. We start our thinking there. What are those eight things? Um, well, I'll, I'll share them quick if that's okay. Yeah. Um, the eight things that we believe, you know, these, these are amazing qualities that unite all people. Everyone's unique. It starts there. I know I said 7.7 .7 billion people. We're all different, but everyone's truly unique. That means we each have a, a uniquely different, you know, grouping of strengths, abilities, drivers. You you get the idea. Each one of us is truly unique. Everyone is unique and needs to be treated that way. Mm -hmm. Everyone believes to us is all around the values that we just talked about, the vision that, you know, that each of us has, but that organizations have when they connect to people. So everyone's unique and everyone believes are the first two. After that, everyone connects, which is about relations, relationships and teamwork. Everyone contributes, which is about our ability to question, challenge, and communicate with each other. Everyone rises, which is really about leadership and the systems that we create um, to empower people and leaders. Then everyone learns, which of course is about growth. Everyone thrives, which is about well-being, which you just brought up. Mm -hmm. And then everyone matters, which is really about the belonging that I think we're sort of leading. Our conversation is sort of leading us there a little bit. It's that idea that you said, don't drop your bags at the door and become a different human being when you walk through the doors at work, because you can't. No, you won't. There, there might be things you want to keep private. I, I totally get that. There are things about your life you might not want to bring into every conversation. Mm -hmm. You, We all get that. But your strengths aren't going to change. Your needs aren't going to change. Who you are isn't going to change when you walk through. It is about bringing work to life and life to work. 
by expecting people to be human, by mm -hmm. expecting leaders to lead that way and help leaders understand how to do that. So that's that last piece. Everyone Matters is really about creating belonging in, within the teams, regardless of our differences, regardless of our uniqueness, creating belonging within teams so that we, we can, when we're at work, we can get together and we can accomplish everything together better. That's really what it's about. Right. I, I, and that's, I agree with everything that you said. It, we have to be, if it is, it is far too much work and, and it's far too exhausting to create two personalities, to be one person at home and one person at work. It's exhausting. That's plain and simple. I, I cannot go to work and pretend that I don't have a life, that I don't have a child at home, that I don't have a husband that, you know, at home and I, I'm sorry, but I am who I am and I'm going to be my authentic self wherever I am. And you know what? When I finally decided that I wasn't going to play a role at work anymore and I was going to be myself, people liked me a hell, you know, a hell of a lot more because it was just <laughs> it was so much easier. It was so much easier to break down that wall and just say enough is enough. And I think that the world is finally ready for that. They're finally ready for people just to just be themselves. And the only reason I tried to put up that wall was because for so long I lived under that shame of people are going to find out that I have bipolar disorder. People are going to find out that I, you know, suffer from a mental health and I'm not going to be able to work here anymore. But, you know, enough is enough. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, what I heard you say just now is the difference between you trying to sort of take that piece of your life and, and quiet it down or park it somewhere else at the door or leave it in the car or in the parking lot. And the difference that happened for you when you said, no, I'm, I, I've just got to be me. I've just, I just need to be authentic to get, I need to, I need to walk through the door with everything I've got and just be me and be open and honest about that. The difference I heard was confidence to me. Um, I'm guessing and you can, you can answer for sure, Leanne, but to me, when you started sort of being who, all of you at work, I'm guessing you got more. You were more confident. Mm -hmm. I'm also guessing your work. You got better results. I'm guessing you did better work. I, that I'm guessing that you. I don't know. You tell me. What do you think? Absolutely, because there, I removed the fear. I removed that fear of people aren't going to like me because they know this piece about me, and and once you remove that fear, that that shame or whatever it is that you're holding back because of. And there's always a reason. There's even if you don't understand what that reason is, you're holding something back and people people know it. And I removed that fear of people aren't going to like me if they know this. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't running through the halls screaming I have bipolar disorder. I just <laughs> No? <laughs> okay, good. Maybe no, good. Right. No. Got but it. I I just I just, you know, instead of, you know, trying to dumb down the, you know, the the parts of me that I thought people aren't going to accept this, you know, I just I just stopped. I I just started, you know what? I, I'm just going to be myself. And by removing that fear that people weren't going to like me, I became more myself than I've ever been in in my life, and that confidence came out. Removing that fear, um, you know, allowed me to be more productive. It allowed me to talk to people more authentically. It allowed them to see who my true self was and that personality that I truly have was. And when I saw that happening, I went, "Wow, I don't have to live under that that cloud of shame for who I am." 
And that's what it's all about. And and again, now I'm I'm taking over here. This is not about me. Um, but and and I love that you know you that that you're an advocate for this in 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 so many ways. And and what you do in your business is training people on these things and talking with you know business leaders, you know about how to to learn. And but it's this is a self discovery thing that people have to. You know, they ha- they have to yeah. discover this on their own or working with somebody. And sometimes they need some permission, Leanne. I think to to your point there, I, um, you know, I I appreciate your story so much. You know, I because I think especially when it comes to cha- challenges that come with you know mental health, those are those are the challenges you can't see. I, you know, it's it's one thing to say, well, I was walking into the building at work and I noticed someone coming who, you know, had a physical handicap, was in a wheelchair, you know, maybe had a, a very visible challenge. Right. And, you know, it was my opportunity to hold the door, to offer support. You know, there, sometimes people, people have a challenge that's it's really clear. It's really evident. It can be seen. Mental health challenges aren't, aren't, and, and they aren't things you can see. They, they aren't things anyone would otherwise know. They might know your, they, they could, they may have known your, Leanne, you might've had coworkers that knew you were struggling mm-hmm. to a certain degree um, before you made that, you know, shared or known. Um, they could see something was wrong or challenging you or, you know, but maybe they were afraid to ask. Um, maybe they weren't sure what to do. So, you know, they gave a little space or something like that. Um, what I think it really comes down to for employees is, you know, working within an environment, within a team, um, to go back to those eight things where everyone does matter um, and and they know that there's some belonging there. It's safe to share where that challenge is coming from. Mm-hmm. They're supported in sharing that and and that helps them get at their best work. It helped, you know, back to that idea of confidence in you getting to your best work. It can help them get their best work by being who they are at work, being open about, you know, what they choose to share and being in an environment where they feel supported. They know their leader welcomes that wants to hear about their life, wants to know how they're doing, cares about them. Right. And, and wants to find ways to support them in doing their work. So I've had the privilege to sit in a lot of strategic planning meetings. That's something that, you know, human works um, does as a service, you know, we're there sometimes with leadership teams at those, at those points in the year where they're sitting down, you know, with a senior leadership team, putting heads together and saying, all right, how are we going to execute the vision, you know, this quarter, this year, they're having those important conversations that's something that it's sort of a privilege to be part of those conversations fun um it's always exciting it's always entertaining um it's always fun to challenge those groups and you know more and more and more people make the list isn't that exciting so Mm -hmm. you know to to rewind the clock back to you know talking about the challenges that companies are facing but even talking about some of the positives that are coming from the challenge of the last give or take 20 months people are making the list more and more and more in those strategic planning conversations. That tells me more and more senior leaders are saying, I can't ignore this. You know, I often tell people this. Um, I often say most reasonable people, if you start talking about employees and work and some of the things that you and I are having an exchange about right now, Leanne, most reasonable people, when you say, you know, doesn't it really all come down to people? You know, we're called human works as a business. So I feel like I can throw that out there. Doesn't it really all come back to people? Doesn't it all come down at the end of the day? Some people don't like that phrase, but at the end of the day, doesn't it come down to people? Most everybody. In fact, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever met any leader who could honestly not say yes. Mm-hmm. 
um, I'm privileged to work with leaders who say yes to that question. But most people go, you know, yeah. But the difference there is not, there are very few leaders who are confident about how to answer the rest of the question, which is, well, well, then what? Well, so what? So if it all comes down to people, what are you going to do about it in your business? What are you going to do about it for your workforce? What are you going to do about your employee experience? All the words that we attach to this, this thing we call life and work. You know, what are you going to do about it, leader at work? If it really all does come down to people. Mm-hmm. Finding agreement on the answer to that question that's where we don't get so much agreement or that's where it's hard. That's where I'm not sure what the right answer is. What do you think? So that's where the door opens, fortunately, for, for Human Works or my team to have that conversation and to, and to share some of our beliefs about, well, here's, here's what you can think about. How do you do that at your company based on who you are and what you do? You know, what should you be doing? That, I think, um, to me, is one of the greatest positives to go back to that silver lining of all the challenges we've faced in the last 20 months. There's the silver lining. It's that more and more um, senior leadership teams, more and more people are asking the question, what should I be doing for my people? Because, you know, you're right. It really does all come back to people. We have to let people bring work to life and life to work. We have right. to do those things. So, so how do I answer that question? You know, help me answer that question. Um, so that's a silver lining to me. What comes from that? Well, when, a, when an employer commits to that, when it's on the strategic plan, when they've said yes to that and they've, they've, they've dedicated themselves to some actions that support that, that's where the confidence comes in. That's where that silver lining comes in. You know, we talked about your confidence. I was just talking with a leader of just a couple of weeks ago who had the, she, she had the guts to say to the rest of the leadership team, I don't know about all of you, but I can tell I'm different as a leader because I'm afraid of losing people. Um, I'm not at all confident anymore. I'm scared to call out things that I don't like because I don't want to upset or frustrate someone because they're going to walk and I don't know how to replace them. I don't know if we can find somebody quick enough and I w- and we need to keep the lights on the doors open. We need to keep this, this, this business running. That was a leader with very little confidence, scared. You talked about fear. Right. So what comes in when we start doing the right things with our team and our people, when we start answering that question, what do we need to be doing for people? Confidence comes back because what comes in behind that are our actions around those core values we talked about when a company starts being who they are and being who they say they are and living their values. There's a lot of confidence that comes back when that happens, when they've got a clear strategic plan, so clear, so communicated that the, you know, the everyday entry-level employee who walks through the door or signs on at home says, I know how what I'm doing today, I know how that impacts the 10-year goal for my company, this big, huge, audacious vision of my company. I know how I add to that. I think, I just think that's amazing. You know, I think confidence come, comes back when there's a model for leadership, when, when, when right. leadership, leadership on the team says, no, this is how we lead. This is how we hold accountable. This is how all the leaders at our business do that. And when there are talent practices and when those human touch points of the business are really clearly defined, really supported, you know, talent practices that, you know, that lean into individual strength and accountability. I think when those things are there, that leader who's at the table saying, I'm I'm scared, I'm scared to lead. Their confidence comes back and said, I'm not scared to lead. I know what we're doing is right. I know we are who we say we are. I know, I know we've got the plan and the vision. I know how we lead. Yeah. 
Well, we are coming to our time, and I have one last um, question. I am asking everybody this question this season. So if you could pinpoint a time period in your career that made a huge difference in your life or career path, when would that be and why? The moment in my career that maybe made the biggest difference, um, I can kind of pinpoint a really interesting conversation. So um, I think I told you I made the leap from elementary education, teaching school children into corporate development, corporate learning, organizational development. Um, it wasn't really a smooth transition. I sort of have a couple stops along the way. And for a little while, I was working in retail management. And retail management taught me a lot about people, uh, taught me a lot about uh, managing and leading people. Um, but I what I was really hunting for, what I was really searching for was something in corporate education, working in education with, with, um, with, an, with a company. And, and I had an interview with the individual who would become my boss, the individual who would become my leader, the individual who would invite me to join this new startup human works that they were starting and to be a key contributor there. So at the end of that interview, Sean asked me, um, this person said, what's something that I really ought to know about you that I don't know yet? You know, tell me something that I really ought to know if I'm going to work with you. So I, I had to think for just a second. And, you know, the answer that I gave, the, this exchange that we had, it stands out as a pretty critical moment in my life. I had convinced myself walking through those doors, you know, I'm in a job now, I can support my family, but th it's not what I'm really looking for. So I'm just going to be 100% me. I'm going to be as honest as I possibly can be, even if I don't think that's the answer they want to hear. Um, so Leanne, back to what you were saying about just bringing your full self to where you are. I had, I had promised myself I would do that. So after a little bit of thought, I told them, look, this job is never going to be the most important thing in my life, but I want to love it. I want to do great at it. And I want to be the absolute best I can be at it. If you give me the opportunity, but you need to know um, this job is never going to be the most important thing in my life, but I will give you everything I've got if you give me the shot. So that conversation, it ended well, makes me, it chokes me up just a little bit because it was pretty pivotal because I think it was where that relationship really started. The relationship, you know, it's resulted in a lot of learning. It's resulted in a lot of opportunity, but to your point, I would say, to anybody who's struggling with maybe doing what you were talking about earlier, being who they really are at work, sort of being open, being honest, being themselves, I think I would just say you're going to be really happy if you do. That's amazing. So he accepted you, you were honest, and he hired you. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a quick, smooth hire. I ran into, I had an injury that happened at my other job shortly after that interview. It took me a long time to recover. I had a lot of challenges following it. It was really an interesting part of life. And I know you might not have time for all of that. Other than to say, you know, right after that interview, yeah, I had that injury at work. Something tripped me up. And, and not only did they hire me, they waited six months to do it. So and you wrote um, an you wrote an article about this. Yeah, I did. I did. It, it, it's something that it, it's something obviously um, it kind of a kind of an important piece of life for me, right? So when you ask me what's something that made a huge difference, this is the first question that came to mind. But yeah, I did write an article about it. 
there was a, you know, there was part of the injury. It was really physical. Um, I was, I was stopping a shoplifter and the shoplifter shot me. So they pulled out a gun. They didn't want to stop that day. They shot me. I, I mean, thank goodness I'm okay. I survived. You know, that injury came with a lot of physical pain, a lot of physical challenges. It also came with um, a lot of emotional challenges and a lot of, a lot of emotional fallout um, and psychological challenges and PTSD. And um, working through that, um, that part was harder than the physical part. So, um, so yeah, the injury that took six months to, to get me ready to go, even try going back to work, um, that happened the day after that interview that I mentioned. So it, when it comes to you know, how employers look at people, how they think about people and you know, getting the right person there for the right job and things like that, those moments were, you know, incredibly impactful in my, in my life, in my experience, in my story, and reinforced so much of what we, we talk about at HumanWorks, what we believe in at HumanWorks, where all those beliefs came from. Um, so I'm in a unique position right now where I get to work with companies to instill the kind of values that made a very profound difference for me. That's awesome. And you know, people like you and, and me were driven by something that has impacted our lives, which makes it that much more important and impactful in the way that we, that we do things. And I applaud you for sharing that. And, um, you know, I will, I will put a link to your article. So if somebody is interested in reading more about that, they can find that article. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, I appreciate you taking on the story, receiving it from me. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's always kind of a wild, uh, kind of a wild story to share, um, as I'm sure you've learned with your own personal story. But um, like I said, the opportunity to, the opportunity to instill the values, share the values and live the values that made profound difference in my life. Um, that's valuable. Um, and sort of a cherished thing for me. So I would hope that everyone um, who hears this, everyone who, who listens and gets connected to the kinds of things you're talking about, Leanne, um, just sort of stays on the path of learning as much as they can about that um, and has confidence and a little bit of bravery it takes, I think, to, to be who they are at work, to live their own values and find find situations not only in their work life but in their personal life that support the those the values that they carry and hold so dear well said aj thank you so much for coming and talking with me today today and um you know sharing your your story and and talking about human works it's it's been an amazing conversation and thank you for being so authentic and um, yeah, telling your story. So if somebody is um, wanting to reach out to you to learn more about uh, HumanWorks, how would they go about doing that? Oh, boy. So HumanWorks, um, we're on LinkedIn. You can go to humanworks8.com and learn a lot about us there. That's HumanWorks with the number 8.com. Otherwise, yeah, I just I invite people to connect directly with me on LinkedIn um, AJ Cruzy, K-R-U-S-E, look me up, find me, connect with me, um, or, you know, reach out by email. And those are really easy too. It's just AJ at humanworks8.com. Excellent. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. 
Thanks, Leanne. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.